Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CP for Friday, March 12th. I am your host, Caroline Gonzalez. We have a lot to catch you up on this week's show. Uh, we have two fantastic guests in store for you today. We have the director of sports nutrition, Jamie Meeks. We also have Saints running back, Dwayne Washington, who agreed uh, to come back to the black and gold for one year. So two really good interviews uh, with those two. We, of course, wanted to highlight Jamie Meeks as it is Women's History Month in March. Uh, so make sure you stick around for both of those interviews. But, of course, we have to catch you up on all of the things happening with the black and gold fantastic interview last week between John DeShazer and Zach Streif. That is available. Actually, it was this week uh, that it was released, so be sure to head to NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. After you listen to this episode, go ahead and go listen to that interview with John DeShazer and Zach Streif. But let's go ahead and get you caught up with everything happening with the New Orleans Saints. A lot of uh, movement, a lot of roster moves. The Saints have terminated the contract of cornerback Janine Norris Jackrabbit Jenkins, who spent a season and some change uh, with the Saints starting 13 games in 2020 and putting up 54 tackles for the Saints. Uh, the Saints also agreed to a one-year deal with running back Dwayne Washington along with Ty Montgomery. Uh, Ty Montgomery, you might remember, had a standout performance in that game that the Saints were without all of their running backs, so uh, good to have Ty Montgomery back. Uh, the Saints also placed a franchise tag on safety Marcus Williams, who finished last season with 59 tackles and three picks. Adding on to that, defensive back JT Gray signed a two-year contract extension with the Saints. Uh, big impact player on special teams. I feel like you always hear JT's JT Gray's name uh, on punt returns, kick returns, all of these. He's always making plays. Uh, for the Saints, so good to have him back. And last but certainly not least, the Saints terminated the contract with Thomas Morstead after 12 seasons, a huge player for the New Orleans Saints. I don't have to tell you, Saints fans, all of the things that Thomas Morstead has done for this team, for the community of New Orleans, for all of us who are fans of the New Orleans Saints. But um, uh, unfortunately, the Saints did terminate his contract after 12 seasons. You can find out more about that on NewOrleansSaints.com. I apologize, I just hit my mic. But Media did an interview with Thomas Morstead. So again, that is available on your Saints app and NewOrleansSaints.com. As for the coaching staff, there were a few changes, quite a few that you can uh, find on the team website or on your Saints app because we don't want to go over all of the changes, uh, but the change that echoed really through New Orleans was former offensive um, lineman for the Saints, Zach Streif, joining the staff as an offensive line coach. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, our own John DeShazer was able to sit down with Zach Streif on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, so make sure you go and listen to that. All right, one of the members of the New Orleans Saints who return is Dwayne Washington running back for the New Orleans Saints, and I got an opportunity to sit down with Dwayne to talk about his feelings, emotions, and mindset coming into the 2021 season. Let's go ahead and get into that interview with Saints running back Dwayne Washington. First off, I just want to say I want to thank the owner, Mr. Benson, um, the GM, Mickey Loomis, and the head coach, Sean Payton, and just anybody else inside, you know, the office that had anything to do with that uh, or just, you know, bringing me back for another year. Um, 
but it's been a long experience, you know. It's pretty dope. Can't complain. Um, I'm ready to get the show on the road. I feel like mentally I'm kind of preparing myself in this offseason to just mentally focus on myself and things that are really important to me, you know, in life. And I think that when you find that balance and then you obviously bring it on the football, you kind of play, you know, better as an athlete and there's more excitement coming out of you. When you right. Play, you know. Well, Dwayne, you talk about that balance and last year was so weird with, you know, you guys going through off-season workouts away from the facility and everything like that. Um, you, you had a season, it was without fans, it was a little bit different, but um, are things going to change this off-season for you as, as far as your preparation? You talk about finding that balance. What is this off-season going to look like for you? Um, so now, well, to start that, now that I have locked myself in this little shell of my own right now, just all to right. gather all of my thoughts and just to get things going out with, I don't think that there's much that's going to change. Um, going into year six, I felt like I've been consistent with my trainers and just with everybody that's a part of my circle that kind of helped me push through, you know, adversity when it comes or just these workouts that can be pretty tough or anything in that nature. So. I feel like just as a whole, nothing much is going to change there. I mean, I'm going to still work out and give them all and keep pushing and find, you know, these values in life that fit me well to where I can kind of hop on that train and just keep on going, you know? Obviously, it's working, right? The train is leading to somewhere good. Uh, Dwayne, this is your, you're going into your fourth season now uh, with the New Orleans Saints. And each year they've been a playoff team. What does it say about the locker room? You were with Detroit before you come to the New Orleans Saints. You know, you've heard a ton about the locker room coming into it. I'm sure the camaraderie, the chemistry. What have you noticed about the Saints locker room and just really the culture of the team? I mean, well, so let's start off with the culture because I feel like it starts off with the front office and just anybody that's in that that building that has to do with something with the Saints, you know, so. And then obviously the coaches play the main role as in taking care of, you know, like their players and just our bodies. And then obviously inside of the locker room, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain because it's a brotherhood and it's everybody is just there, you know, for one another. And um, I think that like just being able to play with the man next to you and just knowing that like you guys have the same goals and that you know like you reach for these goals day in can day out you know just as we go through the season i think that just that let alone just kind of makes the saints you know like so great at the things that they do and all of the accomplishments that they accomplished throughout all of these years going forward i i know you just kind of riffed off a few of them but Dwayne, you've been an athlete all your life, right? You went to Detroit and then you come to the Saints. Are there any specific things that set this team apart from the others? Because every time, anytime you're on a team, it feels like that brotherhood, right? You feel like you're always going to go to war with one another. Is there anything that either the captains on the team do or the, the coaching staff do that set the Saints apart? I think it's Sean Payton mm. letting us swag or <laughs> You know, Jordan's not a six football and to just let us play ball and to yeah. you know what I mean like I yeah. feel like if you just feed off the vibe that your head coach wants where Sean does a good job of just letting us play ball and to have fun with it at the same time so that let alone gets gonna have us want to play even more harder and you know 
things in that nature. What are some of the things you, you think you're going to work on? I know you mentioned you feel like you're in kind of a rhythm with the trainers and things like that, but is there anything specifically that you're taking from last season or seasons previous that you want to work on and, and carry over into this year? Um, obviously, we could talk about all of the small things of being more explosive and, you know, just trying to be faster and, you know, get bigger, stronger, all of those things. I need something different, Dwayne. I need something. Yeah, so look. I don't need the cliche answers. season, I think, like, um, I'm going to focus more on doing other activities outside of football, whether it be just me doing mini golf or, you know, um, going probably snowboarding, which I'm supposed to do this Saturday. Woo! Maybe Take try from out the AK book, right? <laughs> you know, like maybe try out surfing, which can all tie into football because surfing is, is you know, balance and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just planning to be more in the outside, you know, nature, just kind of doing all of these different things that I don't usually do. Listen, you don't have to sell it to me. You don't have to tie it back to football. If you just want to have some fun, you can go have some fun. That's fine. Fun, got to. Do you feel like you've realized that about yourself over the last year or so? Is this something new that you're trying to implement as opposed to, you know, grind, blood, sweat, and tears 24-7, you know, all the things that we always hear and really taking time for yourself to realize that you need that time a little bit away from football sometimes? Yeah, so I think that um, that this started about, I'll say last off season is I kind of drifted away from, you know, just being strictly football athlete running and grinding to kind of just trying out more things like rock climbing and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, just like I said, like when you have that circle, you know, like around you and, you know, like they kind of motivate you to doing different things in life, you kind of just kind of drift away and kind of clear your head, you know, from football and, it's a lot of stuff in this world to do. So I'm just, I'm with anything at this point. All right. Second to last question before I let you go, it doesn't have to be necessarily in the running backs room, but is there a player on the team that you um, learn the most from? It doesn't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be in the running backs room, but is there someone in your circle that you would say you learn the most from? That I learned the most from? Hmm. I mean, there's plenty of guys. But if I had to just choose one, so we just going with one player, right? I guess you can do two if you want. We can go out on a limb a little bit. Okay. Or we can do draft. You can tell me who you learn the most from, second most, third most. I mean, I don't learn anyone anything from anyone because I'm not there. So it's all on you. Um, and so it does just have to be a player. No, no, no. Okay. I'm gonna start off with uh, I might have to start off with Alvin, Alvin Kamara. Okay. Um, I feel like Alvin is one of those dudes that he just keeps it real, you know, all the time, you know, whether it's on the field, off the field. So I just feel like me and Alvin are like kind of close in age, and you know, like we kind of like um the same things in life. So it's kind of easy to just gratitude towards him for any kind of information, you know, that, or just like any problems that I may be facing in life or anything in that nature. But I'll say Alvin is probably at the top of that list to where I can go to him about anything. And, you know, like we just yeah. have that okay. red thought, you know, like we just kind of grind it out and just figure it out. I love that. All right. Last question before I let you go, can't let you go without, you know, expectations for this season. I think everyone coming in is going to say Super Bowl or bust, you know, that's always kind of 
the narrative, but more so on a team level or maybe on an individual level, what are the goals going into the, to the 2021 season? Um, man, let me see, which I plan on getting into this pretty soon. So just off the yeah, top of the phone. You got to make your vision board. Yeah. Um, health comes first. So you got to focus on the health. I think that that should be everybody's main goal is to treat this off season the right way and to, to stay healthy. And to just, you know, feeding back after last season, it probably wasn't much family time. So just to just focus on family right now. And then obviously, like we all athletes and been doing this for so many years. So football is going to take care of itself once that time comes. So I would just say health, family, and knowledge, obviously. Mentally. Sounds like a pretty good list to me. That's that's a good goals, vision board list. You got a good starting point. All right, Dwayne. Well, congratulations again on on uh, signing back with New Orleans under a one year contract. We're happy to have you back and uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you play this season. Appreciate y'all. Everybody. In person, I mean, in person. Yeah, <laughs> we good. Appreciate you. Thank you. Shifting gears a bit, it is Women's History Month in March, and for that, we wanted to bring on Saints' very own Director of Sports Nutrition, Jamie Meeks. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Caroline. I'm so happy to have you on because I see you around all of the time. Well, I used to see you around all the time. It was a year ago now, uh, walking around the facility and you always look like you're busy doing something. You're doing a million different things. You're either focused on nutrition or working out uh, a, a lot of different responsibilities. Just quickly, uh, Jamie, what does a director of sports nutrition for a professional football team do in a, on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. So, um, us dietitians, we actually wear a lot of hats around here. You know, first and foremost, we're here for the players and making sure that they are healthy and well um, from head to toe. So as the sports dietitian, obviously I'm helping fuel them. So making sure that they are well educated in knowing what is good food and hydration for their body. So I'll meet with them one-on-one, -on -one, maybe as, as a small group or even as a team, educate them on different topics of sports nutrition, just regular nutrition and just general wellness. Um, so education, number one, top priority, keeping them healthy. And then another major role is working with our food service team, um, Legends Hospitality here in our facility. They do a phenomenal job. Chef Erica, GM Dan, and all of their staff um, become very, very close with them, especially this past year, because we, we had to get pretty creative with um, our COVID <laughs> protocols. Yeah. Um, so they do a phenomenal job in um, feeding our team and our staff. So, and I work hand in hand with the chef and her staff in men menu development and making sure everything is seamless. And then also a lot of menu and meal management um, when we're on the road. So in the, in the airplane, um, at the hotels, at the stadiums, whenever we are together as a team, I'm in charge of anything that the team eats and drinks. So, um, it's tough at times because you're trying to please everybody. You know, you want to make sure it's healthy, but then again, you want to make sure they enjoy it. So right. it's trying to find that balance. And some people have different uh, food preferences, food um, needs, whether it be allergies or things like that. So you have to take that into consideration as well. Jamie, a lot of the players that, you know, end up at the professional level come from these big schools that um, do have sports nutrition and dietitians of their own. How much knowledge would you say that these players are coming into the Saints with? And do you find yourself kind of tweaking what they've learned at times or just overall doing a, an overhaul of what they've learned? Right. Uh, the 
the collegiate dietitians have done a phenomenal job in getting these guys ready um, for this next step in their career. So I was actually in, in their footsteps when I was at LSU, but I can tell you when I started here in 2015 versus now, I see a humongous difference now that the majority of schools do have nutrition programs. The guys are a lot more knowledgeable and aware of sports nutrition, and that nutrition is actually a part of their training regimen when it, you know, when it comes to football. So um, I've seen a huge jump in just um, an increase in knowledge of uh, their nutrition. Well, you talked about your time at LSU. Uh, take me through just the journey, Jamie, because I imagine that being, uh, you, you know, the director of sports nutrition, I don't know if that was the, the goal when you were younger or how your goals shifted. Take me through the whole process of how you became this fantastic person and the director of sports nutrition <laughs> for a professional football team. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Um, it actually started, I would say, senior year in high school. Wow. Um, I was a cheerleader at the time in high school. I cheered at Archbishop Rummel here in New Orleans. And um, actually my first cheerleading coach when I was 10 years old, I was getting ready for LSU cheerleading tryouts. And she brought me to a dietitian to make sure that I was, you know, fueling myself right, um, getting ready for tryouts. And then after that meeting, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. I want to be a, a dietitian, a nutritionist to help, um, you know, everybody, but like, more specifically active athletes, um, athlete type people. Yeah. So I declared a major in dietetics, did, did that through college, did my internship in Little Rock, Arkansas. And then I decided to go back to LSU for grad school and exercise physiology. So I had, um, I was a dietitian, I passed my tests and everything. So I just went to the athletic department. I was like, Hey, can I volunteer my time as a dietitian? If y'all need consults, and so they were like, yeah, and it kind of grew, you know, and after I, um, it was like maybe six months until I graduated my master's, I put together a business plan. Um, I was like, y'all need a full-time dietitian on staff. And I submitted it and literally six months later, they hired me on full-time, their first wow. full-time dietitian. So it was, it was crazy, crazy fast, you know, it was the beginning of like universities hiring full-time dietitians. So it was new for me. It was new for LSU. It was new for just sports in general. So I kind of learned as I went and then I was there for um, about four years. And then the saints reached out saying they were, they wanted to hire a full-time dietitian. And so uh, interviewed and then luckily um, I'm back in my hometown because I'm from New Orleans. So it, it is kind of like a dream come true. That's incredible. A cheerleader at our Archbishop, Archbishop Rummel and then coming uh, back to the New Orleans Saints. Wow. What do you think, like how much has your knowledge of this? I mean, you, you talk about the last five, six years, Jamie, and you talk about from college to the professional level, how much sports nutrition has changed and how much more of a focus there's been on, you know, nutrition as a, a way to fuel the body and the mind. How much has like has it been a pleasure for you to see that growth and the acknowledgement on the importance of health and a, and a healthy diet? Right. I mean, it is, it's been tremendous. And, you know, just the science part of it, just seeing the increase in research backing up um, everything that we recommend for athletes. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot more research backing up um, everything that we do as dietitians. And then also, like you said, just the acknowledgement and, you know, from coaches to GM to, to everybody around the building realizing like, hey, you know, 
Jamie isn't just here to, you know, help people lose weight. I mean, that's just one very, very small part. Right. Of it. You know, when people hear nutritionists, oh, you know, help me lose weight. Well, yeah, Diet, yeah. <laughs> right. Some people might need that. Some guys might need to lose some body fat, but you know, there's a whole lot more that goes into it. Um, a lot more science, a lot, a lot more in depth. And so a lot of people are realizing it and um, I'm very thankful for it. Jamie, let's get into kind of your role within the organization, because you are one of few women who work alongside these players every single day. Um, how do you think uh, your kind of relationship has grown with them? I mean, you've been here for several years. You've seen the ins and outs. You've seen guys come and go, but you do have a relationship with these players where they do have a certain level of trust with you to kind of help them take ownership of their body. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship and how you've worked to develop it over the last few years? Yeah. Um, so I can tell you this, my first year here in 2015, when I was just hired, I was big and pregnant. <laughs> so they, They're probably like, who is this lady, you know, coming in pregnant, trying to help us eat, right? You Waddling know? towards me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let me tell you over the years, these guys, they truly become family. I, I, I feel, I feel like I have 70 sons, you know, uh, they come, they come to me not only with nutrition questions or concerns, but they'll come to me even just if they need advice for, Hey, uh, I'm trying to get a birthday present for my wife. What should I get her? You know, <laughs> it, you know, it's just like little things like that, that, you know, they're not going to go ask their coach, you know, you know, it's just, um, but they, they really are so amazing and respectful and, um, they, they really do utilize me as a, as a resource when it comes to, you know, their diet, nutrition, and um, they just treat me as one of the boys, really, yeah. you know, and it's, it's not even a big deal to be, to be a female in this, I guess, male dominant sport. It's just, you know, come to work, do your thing, and here we go. Jamie, what are some of the things that you find yourself doing to not necessarily set yourself apart, but maybe go above and beyond. I mean, I notice after training camp, you'll come out kind of with this whole Gatorade gauntlet of pickle juice and cherry juice and all these different things. Like, how do you stay on top of all of the things that are, are coming out in the sports nutrition world as, as beneficial to these players? Yeah, I, I think it's really important. Um, all of the sports dietitians were very close and we kind of bounce ideas off of each other. So I think staying in communication um, with our colleagues, that's very important. And then also communicating with the guys like, hey, you know, after a hot practice or after a tough workout, what are, what is, what is, what are you feeling? You know, what do you need to make sure that you are performing at your best? Yeah. And um, so getting their feedback and then, and then as we implement that, they are extremely happy. And then that's again, where that trust comes in, that good rapport comes in because they know that we're listening to them. So um, those two things, and obviously keeping up with the research that continually comes out. At one point, Jamie, we were all sitting in a cafeteria together, eating together at different times in the day. Did you ever, I, I never caught you doing this, but did you ever kind of give someone a side eye if you knew that they were on like the weight loss program and they're getting an extra cookie? <laughs> never. <laughs> I, <laughs> if, anything, if anything, I was eating the cookie. No. <laughs> No, um, I will never, I have never and will never be the food police. 
Mm. And these guys know that they know that they can joke with me. Oh, Jamie, look what I'm getting. I'm like, Oh, good. That looks delicious. You know, they know, you know, where I stand with that. And it all comes down to balance. Now there'll be some guys that joke with me. Oh, Jamie, look what I got, you know, and, but, but there you go. That again, that shows that trust that shows that respect. And that shows that, Hey, they're actually, they probably shouldn't be going for that fourth cookie. And I'm not lying fourth, fifth cookie, but (laughs) They, but they know they're like, ah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. So they are aware of it, right. but I wouldn't, I will never, I never walk around and say, you can't eat that, you know, cause it, it just doesn't help with the relationship part of it. But, um, you know, they'll come to me and I, and then I'll bring them in if there are weight issues or, um, body comp issues, but food police not here. <laughs> Jamie, last question before I let you go. We touched on it a little bit, but you being a a local and getting to work for the professional team um, that you grew up watching, what does that mean to you and your family? And I imagine every once in a while, I know uh, your kiddos are dressed up for in the black and gold. Like, what does that mean to you to maybe look up in the stands and see them cheering on? Not this year, but in years past. Yeah, uh, I find myself sometimes when walking up the back stairwell, it overlooks the outdoor practice fields. Mm-hmm. I kind of stand there and I'm like, am I seriously the sports dietitian for my hometown, New Orleans Saints? Like, is this real? I have to like slap myself in the face, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, what? And, I, I, you know, you bring in my family, like without my family, my mom, dad, my, my husband, um, my in-laws, without them, I could not do this job because of the hours and the, the days that we work, you know, them helping take care of, take care of our kids, you know, it's just, it's just so amazing that they can be by my side while I, you know, live out my dream, dream job. So I'm very thankful for my entire family, my, my husband, for sure. He's obviously a huge Saints fan and, you know, he gets, it, I'll tell you one funny story is, yeah. you know, sometimes the coaches' wives get together and do, you know, get together. He's like, well, they never invite me. You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I know I'm a dude, but you know, why, why don't they invite me? <laughs> we need to get Mr. Meeks in the group text of the wives. We need to get him in. <laughs> and he, let me tell you, they would love him. So, uh, but yeah, family is, was so happy when I got the call that I was offered the position and um, it just made us even bigger Saints fans. Jamie, you continue to amaze me, a rock star mom. You balance it all, rock star, uh, you know, as a member of the New Orleans Saints, doing so much uh, on the field and off the field for these players. We appreciate you so much for joining us. Uh, Good luck, and I know you're kind of an unsung hero uh, of the Saints. We won't really see you often, but know that uh, the work that you're putting in behind the scenes is so important to this team, and we appreciate all you do. Thanks so much, Caroline. I appreciate that. If you haven't seen the video, go ahead and head to NewOrleansSaints.com for International Women's Day. The Saints put together, the Saints video production staff put together a video highlighting all of the amazing women that work for the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. And at the top, of course, is Mrs. Gail Benson. So make sure you go uh, check out that video. It involves me. It involves Jamie Meeks. And uh, like I mentioned, all of the fantastic women that work in both of these organizations. All right, Saints fans, 
That will do it for the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We hope you enjoyed this show. It was some good listening this week with Zach Shreef to start the week, Dwayne Washington, Jamie Meeks, so many good guests, and we will keep them coming for you right here on your Saints podcast. All right, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy this beautiful weather if you are in New Orleans. Thanks so much for listening. Catch up next week.